My name is Athena Cabenio. I'm a stand-up comedian, writer, and podcaster, and a parent, which is lovely. But my children, as you all know, are tiny. They're tiny, 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 and they're not very good at conversation. So every now and again, I invite a mate around to keep my company. It's the pandemic, blah, 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 blah. No one can come around anymore, but we can still do this online. So today, I'm chatting to my friend, Steve Whiteley. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Yeah, good. Sun has just come out. I always feel good when the sun's out. I mean, it's a pretty standard thing to feel when the sun is out. But, oh my um, gosh, yes. Right? Listen. It's been so weird, the weather. The weather's been really weird and we've been stuck indoors. I swear down, I haven't been out in so long. I've changed colour. My foundation is the wrong colour now. I'm about three shades. I was talking about this on another podcast with someone and it was like, I'm just, I'm pasty compared to what I started off as. And I... Going out is such a rare occurrence compared to what I would do before the pandemic. So when you say you're not going out, like what level of not going out are we talking? Just, I don't really have any reason to leave the house other than to go to the supermarket um, and pick up my, my daughter from the childminder. So that's that's it. So I've gone from maybe leaving the house every day, like with purpose, like walking around, going to meetings, going to shows, and also doing leisurely things like, you know, going to places to see people. I've gone from that to going childminders, going Tesco's. It's mad, isn't it? It's mad. It, the it transition is. is mad. But it's like, it's mad how it's just become so normalized. This is to, our, our new reality. To the point where someone, if someone says to me, oh, Fina, can you come into a studio to do something for, for the day? I'd be like, well, no. <laughs> yeah. Do I have to? It's just all those things that I used to do without thinking have become quite a lot of effort. And in some ways, I think that's quite good. Like, I think going forward, there'll be this middle ground and people will be like, yeah, rather than just have this meeting in Soho, we can just chat over Zoom. Yeah. And I think there's a, I've had so many meetings which came to nothing, which is very common in our, yeah. in our industry. I'm grateful that I can now do these things over, over Zoom. But at the same time, I used to run errands. You know, I'd pick up things I needed. I'd go into town. Maybe I might yeah. schedule a coffee with a friend. So there were things kind of that I would do whilst I was out and and there were things I would achieve whilst being out um and I also feel like and you're a writer and you're lots of things to talk about that but you're a writer I don't always like to write at home I like to pick up my laptop and write somewhere else 100% yeah you just need that vibe but you know the other thing I thought like about going out and like how much actually you end up racking up in terms of costs I remember when I used to go for auditions or even just going to town for a meeting and like you said so many of these meetings don't come to anything I used to like calculate how much I was spending on my train journeys and just like, right, well, that's 780 down the drain because that meeting didn't come to anything. So got to write that one off. It just like racks up. It's crazy. I was just actually saying the other day to my partner, I've got no expenses for my self-assessment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, I better buy a microphone or something because this is going to be wild. Like that expenses mad, are good, it? but yeah. I don't have any expenses because my expenses are basically like, other than, you know, I'll claim a lipstick. I'm a performer. I can do that. But, um, you know, you can Google it. It's fine. Um, but, but most you, of it was travel. But have you been doing like online shopping? A lot of people have been doing a lot of online shopping and clothes and that kind of thing. I don't mean just like Amazon stuff, but have you been going in on buying clothes from ASOS? No. Okay. So anyone who knows me will know, and you will learn this about me in this instant, because I'm telling you, I hate shopping. Okay. I find shopping dull. Likewise. I find online shopping dull. If I need something, I'll buy it. And if I'm in an area, I might have a little 
you know, if I'm in Oxford Street where there's such a shops, obviously, it's something that catches my eye and I think, oh, I need that. But I'm generally not someone who likes to own things. I'm a, I'm a, if it, weigh you, you know, down. They just weigh you down. They do weigh you down. I think it was because I, before I moved into the place I live now, I kind of moved every year, not purposefully, but just how my life worked out. And owning stuff is really annoying when you move house a lot. So, Hold on. So how many years in a row did you move? I would say, let me think, about five. I had, yeah, so. I did something similar, yeah. Yeah, and it was just coincidence. It was just life circumstance. And when you rent, yeah. that's really common. Um, and so I just, if it couldn't all fit in my car, it was really problematic. So I ended up shedding lots of stuff. And as, But I was always, I just hate shopping. I don't like stuff. People love stuff. I'm not no, into a stuff. You don't like stuff I agree, stuff it's too. a quick fix solution. Well, it's like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I've had a, can I swear on this or not? Yeah, you can swear. Okay. Uh, yeah, like, um, you know, if you feel, it's that thing, isn't it? You've had a shit day. I'm just going to go and make myself feel better by just buying some clothes, which I understand, I get, but it's a quick fix solution. doesn't last. The higher you get from buying those items, which inevitably you're going to end up returning. Absolutely. I'm, I th- it's a very, it's a slippery slope. And also, as a, am I an anti-capitalist? I understand how bad capitalism is. I wouldn't say I'm anti-capitalist. I don't really do anything about it. But I think part, I don't want to participate in that whole thing of if you own this, you will be a better person. That kind of messaging, that is what basically yeah. makes the money world go around. That's why people have ear pods. That's why people upgrade their phone every year or every two years. That's why people spend 10 grand on, on really rare trainers that are just trainers or whatever. And I appreciate the art of certain things. I do appreciate, I actually appreciate like, yeah, I just said trainers. I appreciate why someone would want to own those particular pair of Jordans and blah, 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 blah. But yeah. I don't understand why they make people so happy. I don't No, but you know, I, I used to be a massive sneakerhead and I did indulge in a pair the other day. There was this limited edition of Harachi Stussy that came out. And I was like, you know what? I haven't bought myself anything like that in I don't know how long. And I just, I did it. And it was, <laughs> I'm going back on everything I've just said, but it was, you know, I felt good. I felt good about it. It was exciting when it arrived because it was like these limited edition. I had to go on like, you know, this niche trainer website, which is like, have you heard of this? Um, I think it's called like X, X exchange or something. It's like a stock exchange yes. for trainers. I, they are trying to sell me trainers on my, on my social media feeds. Yeah, they do yeah, mine as well. They, they're Cookies, trying to sell me trainers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. So people just buy and sell collectible trainers. So I did buy that. It did make me feel good. And then I went um, I went on a walking date and I decided to wear them. But then I was just constantly thinking about how I was getting them dirty. And so so then it just turned into a bit of an anxiety thing. And Hirachis get dirty really quickly. And they, so the, quickly. the heel kind of collapses, like the, the kind of the bit behind your heel. Oh, I've bought them. Oh, I've bought them. Hirachis are the least, the least practical trainers. So <laughs> what ones. am I doing? <laughs> and I also feel like they're for a younger generation, you know? <laughs> like for like 17 to 25, maybe. If Anything past that and like, what are you doing, mate? I used to be a trainer person. And one day I just, I think I did go through a stage where I, I just went, I think you've got to change your life. And I took all my trainers, I cleaned them. Um, and I just, I sent and I went to, I was going to Ghana that year and I just put them all in the suitcase took them to Ghana um, and, uh, and I, I remember you telling away. me that did I, t- yeah. did I tell you that okay yeah, yeah you did you did because I remember you yeah you told me that and I was like oh that's a nice way of doing it because I just sold all mine <laughs> well mine weren't really collectible they were they were nice trainers but they were like they weren't like limited edition. They were just nice trainers that I'd looked after. Okay. Uh, and, I, and I had so many pairs. You didn't even, I didn't need to look after them. I just didn't need to wear them that often because I had so many. Yeah. And I just didn't like the space they were taking up. I didn't I like agree. the fact yeah. that I had so many. Um, and yeah, so going back to your question about online shopping, 
I do buy things online because I can't, I had to buy some photo frames because it's Mother's Day on Sunday. And I've, I bought some pictures of, I printed out some pictures of my, my, my new baby, my mum. So I bought, you know, I'm buying stuff online that I need because I'm not able to like, normally I'd have just gone to like Argos or John Lewis or wherever to get them. But we can't do that now. Can't do that now. So no. yeah, but I'm trying not to in, indulge. I'm not that I'm trying, like, I don't like it. And I don't have any money, which no. helps. That, I'm sat here going, oh, I don't like shopping. I don't have money to yeah. shop. Yeah, exactly. No, no, I think like it's, um, well, it's like, it's a discipline, isn't it? Like with all these things, it's like a craving towards something, whatever it might be for like quick, you know, quick fix pleasure. And then if you can just pause before you do it, then you, I think it's, like, it's almost like building up a muscle. Yeah. You know, I, was... I, I, I used to like indulge in, well, I mean, like shit loads of stuff. I used to drink far too much booze when I was younger, <laughs> smoked too much weed. And it was just, as soon as I felt like doing it, I just did it. Whereas now I can, I can like, create a space between the feeling or the compulsion to want to do it and then acting on it it's really important i advise people to ask themselves a question before they buy something can i live without it like yeah can i live without it whatever it is or can i live without doing it um and most of the time like it, that's quite a good question so for example the trainers you bought if you'd asked yourself that question you, you would have said actually no i can't oh, sure. I, want, I want them and that's <laughs> actually really good because it's okay to own material things it's not just i'm not one of those people that oh all my like you know like maslow's hierarchy of needs they're yeah. all met so i need nothing else like i'm not sat, yeah, sat right, here naked right. <laughs> like yeah. i have clothes i'm speaking to you through a microphone that i just bought you know i have a phone i have a laptop you know i have headphones but that's like interesting things. though like do you think then do you think that if you were in a profession that you didn't necessarily love and you were like, so you, your, your needs weren't and your needs and sort of desires, et cetera, weren't satisfied through that, you would feel more of a compulsion to do things like having quick fixes, like buying stuff online? That's a good question. Yeah, really good. I think you probably would. And I've been in that position. I've been in um, in jobs that I didn't. Yeah, it's just, a, it's just, a, a, it's just a, a story for creatives. Like we come from places where yeah, we're not as gaff. happy as we are now. Yeah. And I, I think I definitely, um, I mean, I, I used to take holidays. So when I was working in a normal job, well, I say normal, I mean a day, a nine to five office job. Yeah. I used to go on holiday. I was really privileged to have the disposable income to just, piss off yeah. <laughs> a couple of times a year so that yeah. was i was i was, was going to ask you if you don't like buying stuff what do you like spending money on so i well, like spending money same, on holidays tr- same travel for me is the one is a completely different for me that's a completely different arena to buying material things because essentially you're exchanging your money for experiences rather than goods and yeah. those experiences without one to sound cheesy you know last a lifetime good or bad yeah. and you know it broadens travel broadens the mind so for me, travel, travel far and away the most. What's, sure. uh, what's your most, do you have like a memorable holiday experience that you think that was oh, the, the, the journey of a lifetime? That's a good question. Yeah, I did, um, I did uh, some Central America about six years ago. I went to uh, Costa Rica, Guatemala and uh, Nicaragua and it was a bit of a surf expedition. Not Guatemala, you can't really surf there, but the other two. You and, surf? Um, I surf, yeah. Where did you I learn do, to surf? I um, initially learned in Australia. I went years ago, but I, I stopped for 10 years. And then I went to uh, Tel-, Tel Aviv of all places about, I think it must have been about 12 years ago, to visit a friend who was living there at the time. And as soon as I got there, he had to go away for work. So I just stayed there on my own for 10 days. And so I just picked up a board and I just started surfing. I just fell in love with it. <laughs> That's the thing I like to do more than anything. You love surfing. So can I, are you originally from London? 
Uh, that's the thing. That is the fucked up thing. I'm a landlocked surfer. <laughs> so, do you have you have you been to Cornwall to do surfing? Yeah, yeah, a lot of time. Cornwall, uh, Croy, Devon is is that's the place for me. So it's like you know because you go out there and you've got rolling green hills. You're out on the sea and it's just this amazing combination of sea and just like you know beautiful English countryside. I'm going to ask the question that everyone is thinking, and you must get asked loads when you say I surf in the UK. Isn't it cold? Yeah, it's cold. Yeah, yeah, it's freezing. <laughs> it's freezing. But you know what? I'm on a. Do you know? Um, I'm sure you don't. Do you know about Wim Hof? No. Okay, so Wim Hof is this like he's this big phenomenon, modern phenomenon. He's this guy who's created this whole regime where you do like deep breathing exercises followed by cold water treatment. So either freezing cold showers or you bathe in you know ice you know, if you can do that, which is obviously not that feasible for many. So I do like these freezing cold showers anymore every morning and it's supposed to have all these health benefits. So I'm kind of used to it. You take cold showers every morning. Do you know that's my every worst morning. nightmare? So when I go to Ghana, that one thing I I'm a, I will shit in a in a hole, you know, <laughs> I will I will go through jungle. Yeah. I'll do all sorts. I'm pretty I'm pretty laid back. I won't take a I can't take a cold shower. I can't do it. I will scream. <laughs> Once you get over that, once you cross that line, it's, I can feel the difference. Now. I feel sluggish now if I have a hot shower. That's when I have it. a cold shower, you wake up. Sometimes you, know, you just wake up, you're just feeling shit. And then as soon as you have that cold shower, and, and when I say, look, I'm, I'm in there for max a minute. That's all I can do because I put it on the coldest temperature. And then you get to that point where you've got a bit of a brain freeze, but it washes off any bad mood, etc. And then you're, you're good to go. I think I would suggest that because nothing can be as bad as a cold shower, that's why it lifts your mood. You're like, oh, well, this can't get, doesn't get any worse than this. No, <laughs> there's something, you know what? There's something to be said for that. It's like if you can do something uncomfortable first thing in the morning, mm. then everything else, you know, is fair oh, game. So yeah, I'm the opposite. So I, I think there's a, there's a stereotype that ladies mm. like hot showers and men like cold showers. Um, okay, and, I haven't heard that one. If, Have you not heard this? So no. it's... I, I it's it's one that uh, it's plagued me in my in my dating life. Men have always complained that I have the shower too hot uh, to the point where it's scalding. Uh, so when they're coming after me, they're like, you know, they have to know to turn the knob down before they turn the shower on. Yeah. Um, so, but I'm the opposite. I have to start off my day with a scaldingly hot shower, and I use something called an African sponge, which is basically like a bit of mesh. So, and it just scrubs all of the sins off my skin. Uh, like a, it's, um, it'd be called exfoliation, uh, I guess, if I yeah, was like a hipster. Yeah. But it's okay, just yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and a hot, steaming hot water, scalding water, plus a rough, like almost like a scour. You know, when you're like, scouring like yeah. a, a pan, uh, I scrub myself, and that's how I wake up. Uh, so we should I used do to love, regimes. I yeah, we should do a swap. I used to do that when I I go to the gym. I used to like doing cold showers and then a hot steam, and go oh, do yeah. back and forth, back and forth. So you do a temperature drop. I've for one of my um. My, one of my first relationships, first time I had to go and meet her parents, went around for dinner. I did that before and it was not a good decision because inevitably for the next 30 minutes after, you start sweating and I was <laughs> running late and I rushed there, sitting around like this tiny dinner table, all very intense, all very close. I'm just like drenched in sweat. And in my mind, I didn't think <laughs> that they noticed. And so every time they sort of turned away, I would like slyly get my t-shirt and just dab my forehead. I just did that constantly for like the next hour. Yeah, so that's that's a good learning learning point. Don't mm. um, don't do a sauna and a cold a cold dip before meeting important meeting people. the parents. Yeah, yeah. But when you go to like these help like a spa, that's what they, there's like a, there'll be like a cold plunge pool, and they. T I mean, I I literally I'll put my toe in it, and I'm like, I'm not getting in that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Now I used to be the same, but I don't know. Just it's like 
you know how your taste buds change i think it's yes. like that you know this i used to hate beetroot used to hate mm. beetroot hate tomatoes now i can't get enough of the stuff it's strange isn't it i'm glad you said that because my two-year-old is just being is just a, a fussy eater at the moment so i'm really? like okay steve steve changes ways so maybe she so will too yeah yeah does she have certain objects that she obsesses over and i say that because my nephew's the same age and he's just, everything is about the hoover, everything. And it's like, we'll go to the playground and he stopped playing with a hoover like two hours before. And then he'll just be like, yeah, yeah, Uncle Steve, uh, hoover. And she's like, Mate, what are you doing? Goes, oh, that was two hours ago. It's, uh, yes, she does. Uh, so she, But she's kind of like, she has things she obsesses over, but she has lots of things she obsesses okay. over. So she loves remote controls, but it's like, you've got to hide them. She'll oh, just yeah, pick yeah. them up. And a lot of it is mimicry. So they're like copying you. So she does like, she likes to vacuum as well because she sees like her dad vacuuming, for example. And, right. And yeah. like, she just wants to copy. Okay. Um, she's also obsessed. This is a terrible one. We have to keep the kitchen doors closed all the time because she likes to go in and turn the knobs on on the cooker because she uh, obviously sees me dangerous. like at the cooker quite a lot. And it's like, yeah, so it's um, maybe she's, but the one thing she's not obsessed with is putting food in her mouth, whatever's in front of her, which she sees us do all the time. But that's okay. where she draws the line at copying right. Right. Draws, and, and using the potty. She draws the line there as well. Uh, but she does, yeah, remote controls would be a big one. The, she's into the Hoover. Um, what else does she like? It's sort of everything, yeah, but she loves her toys. So she, she likes to copy what we do, but replicate it using her toys. So she's got a little pram and she likes to pretend she's pushing her little brother around in the pram, but it won't be her brother. It'll be like a doll. Um, okay. So she'll be like, I'm taking brother to, to the supermarket or I'm taking baby to the market. It's always the market or shopping or something. I don't know. Yeah, my, so my niece is five, my nephew's two, and she has started giving him commands as if he's a dog and he responds. <laughs> so she'll say, sit sit and he sits he walks and 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 my sister's just like filming it laughing i'm like what are you doing <laughs> this is like child abuse i'll tell you what she's doing she's destroying the patriarchy that's that's <laughs> that's how it that's how we win maybe it affected, we that's win. why it affected me so much yeah, yeah. that's how we win. No, I'm threatened by it i think with kids you've got to let them just play it out because yeah, they don't know sure. their, their brains aren't finished so they're just like they're so unreasonable and their unreasonableness will result in the most adorable moments like my little one's got a little teddy bear called color um mm. and so it's because it's lots of different colors and she called it color one day we realized she was calling it color which i thought was really cute mm. and the other day i walked into her room because it was the morning to wake her up and she was just just in bed had a hat given color like a really big bear hug going morning color what will we do today morning color what will we do today like she's just like you know that you know that's an unfinished brain just really yeah, enjoying yeah. it's like they're on acid yeah but there. then at the same time that same brain will poo in a nappy take the nappy off and then throw the nappy at the window leaving the shit on the window like those are two, <laughs> the same brain two remarkably different activities that they both think are rational so you always have to remember when they do something like that she talks to her teddy bear, thinks it's real, looks yeah. forward to spending the day with him. Talks to has her teddy she, bear, thinks it's real, looks forward to spending the day with him. Has she discovered uh, screens yet? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, you, as a parent, you say to yourself, I'm not going to let them watch the iPad. I'm not going to do it. But the minute you realize it works, my gosh, you just give it to them. Because you need, I think when you work from home, which is what we've all had to do during the pandemic, you do have to compromise um, a bit but we put on yeah. like learning apps you know so she can count and stuff now and I think she can do that because of the apps okay yeah yeah I reckon like I could you already see it like I don't know what you think but like the younger generations I feel like in 
one way they're way more worldly and in another way they're not as in you know they don't necessarily have the same social skills because they're always on their screens but the fact that they've got all this access to information from such a young age makes them in some ways more knowledgeable and and you know worldly than than our generation was to a certain degree and you know that's sort of like the kids that grew up with social media but what are like the next generation going to be like you know, it's, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be wild. I think I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. They, they've got knowledge, but they don't necessarily have etiquette or behave, yeah. like or, or human to human behavior. And I don't mean that we already, you know, there are kids running around and they're, you know, idiots and they can't shake hands or, you know, they see another human being and they explode. I don't mean it's that bad. Yeah, yeah. But I sort of, I, I think that maybe there's living life online and living life in real life, two hugely different things. And especially with lockdown now, you do, you, I do worry that the, the 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 life skill of just interacting with other humans and learning how to be empathetic for example yeah. and and generous and, and kind like in real life there's a very different different things to kind of interacting within like um minecraft or whatever it's called and you know the idea of having have you seen you must have seen ready ready player one do you know what? I haven't seen it, but it's it's at the moment it's being referenced quite a lot because there's this company that have just gone on the stock yeah, market. Yeah, Roblox, they do, isn't it? Yeah, Roblox, yeah. and they're worth God knows, I don't know, sixty four billion or something stupid like that. And they do exactly that, right? What they, Ready Player yeah. One is based on. They allow you to inhabit a, an avatar that exists in a in a, a almost four dimensional world in which anything can happen, which is yeah, um, uh, which mad, is always, uh, but, but but Minecraft isn't a million miles from that, and there are lots of kind of role playing games that aren't a million miles from that. It's just this Roblox um, in, environment is even more freer and more in the control of the users, and it is and it is mad, and it's almost like we're getting towards a kind of a reality where you you can travel sort of thousands if not millions of miles but not leave your living room and have a really rich life which is like a rich social life and full of interaction but not not even know anything about the people who are in your life which i guess i think for us it's scary because that's that's this is the thing that separates us from the generations coming after us now isn't it yeah i mean that for me it leads to like lots of like you know i kind of shallow friendships not shallow isn't they're shallow but you know they're not very deep like lots of those you think about all the, the amount of different people you communicate with who like dm you and stuff on instagram etc compared to deeper a handful of deeper friendships which you know i'm sure you know we've grown up with that experience but i don't know if that next generation will or not you know in the yeah. same way and the cynical the cynical person in me thinks about people being, being able to lie to you and deceive you you know, like getting catfished or whatever. Um, you, yeah, yeah, when you're in these worlds, crazy. you can be whoever you are and whatever you want. There's no, there's no one you don't need to verify. Like you can just walk around and say, "Hey, I'm a comedian," and no one will know if you are or not, or yeah. or whatever. Like, yeah, I I would want like I worry, not worry, but I think about how I'm going to allow my my kids to interact and use social technology and social media when they're old enough to kind of want to access it. One thing I've been yeah. really careful about is at least not physically putting them online. So then when I do talk to them about it, they can't throw it in my face, well, you've put, you know, you took a picture of me in the potty and put it on Instagram or anything like that. I want to be, I want the conversation I have with them to kind of stand up to interrogation. Uh, I think yeah, it'd be very hard I to tell you. I think that's a smart move. Man, you have to. I think it'd be very hard to, to talk to your kids about what they share online and how they use social media if, if I'm not being disciplined with how if, if it look. hasn't happened if it hasn't happened already there'll be there'll be like you know um p kids who are going to sue their their parents for leaking photos of them 
without their permission from a young age online, all that sort of stuff, you know, privacy issues, you know, because these kids aren't consulted, you know, and they've got like hundreds of pictures of them from birth to whatever age that have just been posted on their behalf all over social media. What's scary is when parents make a living out of posting their kids online. So they, 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 yeah. they you know, like the, the family influencers or then maybe the kids are genius and they just put the kid on, put the kid online. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I want to, I stopped short of criticizing it because I think people have to live their lives and you can, I think you can use those platforms responsibly. But I do think if you do do that, you, then if your if your kids, when they grow up, suddenly want to take it to another level or they think that's their normal, if you become at any stage uncomfortable with what they're doing, it's very difficult to, to reverse you know, that. yeah, it is because, mm, they, it you is, know, yeah. you don't have a yeah, leg stand on. So, you know, I have to say my kids are very cute and I'm missing out on lots of likes, but I'm prepared to make that sacrifice. That's so I can yeah, win an argument. It must be hard. It must be hard. Sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, this will get so many likes. <laughs> Definitely. But I'll tell you what, what's really nice is that um what when I send pictures, you know, via WhatsApp to my family and my friends, it feels really special because I'm yeah. sharing something with them that yeah, no one, you know, exactly that no one no one really sees. So that's something I've, I I'm really pleased that I've preserved that for ages. I didn't even I mean, people will probably have picked up, I don't even say my kids' names on the podcast. And I generally try not to let them, my name, their names slip out. They have slipped out on a couple of things that I've done. So that could be your challenge, listener. Go and find out my kids' names on podcasts that I've been on recently. But uh, yeah, I could try and keep everything. For ages, I try to keep their gender, their gender secret, but it didn't work. It yeah, I remember too, you telling me that. Yeah, too that's, hard. Yeah, I can imagine that is hard. But I think, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fine line, isn't it? To walk when you're, I guess, doing what we're doing. You've got to decide how much of yourself you want to, out there yeah and it's with myself everything everything go out there really it's more just the people around me like they didn't you know yeah. my kids and my partner they didn't choose to be like you know they didn't choose this life no they didn't choose this, life, this life. life on twitter yeah. <laughs> so it's important that um and also in my comedy i might like make up lots of stuff so i don't want people to attribute yeah. made up scenarios and, and lies what? And it's not them. real <laughs> i mean you know it's real in my head um yeah. obviously there's but so I wouldn't want to like say something and then have people attach those falsehoods to like a real life person or anything like that. So I think it's important to to divide my time a bit between between them. So you like I know of your niece and nephew. I never had nieces and nephews. I just I had my kid. I've got them now. Did I tell you? So you must know my my eldest has a twin cousin. My twin brother had a baby at the same time as me. You told me the story about the twin brother, and I was like, because you told it to me so casually, and you saw my jaw just drop, and I was like, what? <laughs> You and your twin had babies <laughs> exactly the same time. Yeah, so I became Is that an a normal auntie. twin thing? <laughs> I, I hope not. Um, yeah. But I, I became an auntie at the same time as, as becoming a mum. So I never really yeah, got to dope. be an, an auntie. Uh, what, okay, what, what kind of, what, yeah. How would you describe yourself as an uncle? Fun time uncle. Yeah, fun time fun uncle. uncle. Everyone uncle. says that. <laughs> no, I kind of like it because it's like, it's a nice introduction to what it might be like, you know. Yes. But I just, you know, go around. I get to have fun with them. I get them like super hyperactive into a frenzied state and then I leave. And then, <laughs> and then my sister has to deal with, you know, the fallout of that. Um, but yeah, it's fun. It's, it's, it is a lot of fun. And um, it's, it's also interesting to see like the different energies between the niece and the nephew and, and just seeing it from that perspective. She was, you know, the first one and then this other kid comes along and then first she hates him. And now that like, you know, they, they love each other and, I just it's so interesting to watch it all. Do you, do you think you've learned anything about gender looking at after a little boy and a little girl? Yes. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just how everything is just so like 
defined gender-wise from such a young age, you know, like just the toys, the colors, it's just such, it's such, um, it, it, it's so, so sewed into our fabric of society. It's just how do they have a chance to, you know, even be a little bit more looser and fluid with it when it's just sort of thrown at them from such a young age? You know, she's so into, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but, you know, she's so into her princesses. She loves the color pink and all this kind of thing because that's what she's been bought or, you know, those are the things that she's been exposed to as a girl, you know, whereas he's like, you know, just le- got his first, you know, toy DIY box and he's playing with hammers and screwdrivers you know that type of thing it's so it's so interesting the way it's been defined from such a young age how have you found it it's yeah exactly as you've said so it, externally it's it's very um we live in a very gendered society and very much so when it comes to kids um I think internally though I think you can you you can mitigate against it so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm there's a lot of it's there's a lot of gender neutral stuff like when we were but when we buy toys for for our for our daughter our little one's still too young for that kind of stuff but we kind of give her everything so she's got like a hammer and drill and sander she's got a sander but at the same time she's got a buggy and a doll as well and she kind of she likes a preference no she likes everything her That's favorite cool. yeah. listen i don't want to brag but her favorite toy set is the doctor set you know and right. i don't want to <laughs> I don't want to, you know, put too much pressure and expectation on her, but she's very into the doctor set. She likes coming up to us with a stethoscope and, and making sure we're still alive, which yeah. is good, which, so she cares. She's got a little thermometer and she likes to, um, it comes with that thing, I don't know what it's called, but it's a thing doctors put in your mouth. It's got a mirror on it. Um, oh, yeah. So she likes, she's constantly, it, honestly, this thing, if you come to our house, don't touch it. It's been in all of our mouths. Um, <laughs> it's, it, she likes to play with that. So I think you can... You can mitigate against it by just. I'm sure, yeah. And also, we've had lockdown, so she hasn't been at, at a really formative time of her life. You know, between being one and she turned two during lockdown, she hasn't been out, so she hasn't been seeing adverts. She hasn't been getting gifts from people that might have given her gifts if we gone okay. to visit them. She's just been yeah. in our kind of little vacuum, so we've been able to really curate the stuff that she's been surrounded by. Um, yeah, that's and cool. And yeah. I'll, I'll go out my way. So if we go to the playground. Um, and you know she's climbing, etc. I'll go out my way to say, oh yeah, yeah, you're like you're the new Spider Girl, rather than like you're Spider Man, you're Superman, you're Batman. You know, yeah, yeah, that's really good. Little things like that, so they can really identify and inhabit a role that they think belongs belongs to them. I think we just we, we are quite conscious. I mean, I think we're going to do all right because now we've got um, a son. He's just going to wear all of her old clothes with within limits. We're not putting her. We're not putting him in like a tutu and stuff like that. Like, but so already, like, she's going to see him wearing like you know pink and whatever. And she, we put you know we dress her in boys' ankle girls' clothes because it's just easier. As it happens, boys, you go shopping for boys' clothes, dinosaurs. That's all you get. Yeah. Dinosaurs, dinosaurs. Like, why? What is the conspiracy here? I'm just trying to understand what capitalism has to gain by making boys obsessed with dinosaurs. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I was just trying to think. Like, it's they, a, you, can't, done, you can't buy buy your if you've got a son, buy him girls' clothes. It's way more interesting. Right, right, they, they've yeah. got unicorns, they've got sheep, they've got puppies. Boys just got dinosaurs. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know what the theory is behind <laughs> that. I'm trying to search for one, but I don't think we're gonna come up with it in time before this podcast end. T- TBC. It's TBC, uh, but but that's so. You, I think you can mitigate against it, but unfortunately, like they get so many messages from you watch TV. If they watch any kind, any amount of TV, they're going to get very gendered messages that completely supersede everything you've done. And there's nothing you can do. Just let. Them, but I think the most important thing is 
is to kind of like let them like don't panic if they pick something up and play with it just let them enjoy themselves because in it only means something to us does that make yeah. sense yeah, like yeah, yeah. when a little girl is doing something quote unquote girly it's not girly to them they're just doing something they enjoy and similarly if a child is doing something like boyish it's not boyish to them they're just doing something they enjoy so sometimes it's important just to let them enjoy themselves too so when my little girl she likes to breastfeed her doll because she sees me breastfeeding <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> so cute. it's it is very cute and a lot of people might be like oh my god but i'm like you know what like it's cool like she's mimicking her mum. um yeah and you know ultimately that's how they learn what do you think about um you know the school of thought that milk is bad dairy bad etc and that um you know we should be moving to plant-based milk do you think that's applicable to kids from a young age or do you think it's damaging for to, to move them from breast milk to i don't know something like oat or, or almond milk or whatever well, I think there's a lot, I mean, the milk debate is a very passionate debate that that mother's parents have and mothers have. I mean, fuck it. I just think your kids have got to eat, give them what they need. If it's, if yeah, it's yeah. you know, like if it's not causing them harm, that's fine. I, I give mine breast milk because I'm like, it's free. Um, and yeah, also yeah. I have a, a lot of it is really what do you have the time to do? It takes ages to breastfeed. You've got to sit there and they're just always attached to you. So if you're a post work, if you deliver, you're a post woman. You can't breastfeed your child, man, or not whilst yeah. delivering the post. But I'm a writer, so I can type with one hand. I've got a sling that I stick her in. Um, or, yeah, you were so, doing that while we were doing my podcast. <laughs> I probably was, yeah. I've been doing you a lot of it. At the end of it, and I, you know, I was like, oh, where's your baby? And I was like, yeah, just, just you know, just breast, breastfeeding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the wonderful wow. thing about lockdown, because obviously I wouldn't be able to. It, well, I would be able to, but like, like I did a Zoom gig the other day. I did quite a lot of online gigs. Where Don't tell breast- me you're doing a while yeah, yeah. in a gig. Yeah, <laughs> like that. Because it's like, I might as well, I'm getting so 50 good. or 60 quid for it yeah, and no one can sure. see. So yeah. um, just have them, have them, I can't do that on stage. So you, you might as well. Brilliant. So yeah. I have the luxury of, of being able to engage in what I do for a living whilst breastfeeding. Whereas if you can't do that, then it's, it's difficult. But to answer your question, I think there's probably truth in cow's milk not being compatible with humans. I think there's probably mm. truth in that. We're all lactose intolerant, we're all crazy. I mean, actually, we've, all been, we've always been crazy, but as humans, yeah. but I think that if you were to say, like, and look at the science of, and we are the only species on the planet that drinks the milk of other mammals, like no one yeah. else does. That. So there's probably something not quite right about that. However, um, I don't think this, what I don't think the thing that is not right about it is like, life threatening. I don't think you if I think you've indulged in having milk, I think it's okay. It's everything in moderation, isn't it? You know? You know, if you're going down the pub and you're having 10 pints of milk every <laughs> night, then maybe you need to take a look at yourself in the mirror. I can't, oh God, I, I personally hate milk. I can't, I've never liked milk. I don't like it. I don't, I like, I hate milk so much. I don't even like milk substitutes. I just don't like the concept of white lip, that just milky things. Very fussy about milk. And do you, are you a milk drinker? Do you like, would you put? I do have almond milk, but I was just thinking it's very similar in a way to what we're talking about before about, you know, gender societies, you know, how it's built into us from a young age. You've got to have milk to be strong. You know, you've got to have breakfast. Breakfast is because it's all a marketing ploy, you know, from these um, cereal companies, etc. But actually, you know, how do we really, do we actually need it first thing in the morning? It was just what we know, isn't it? It was what we know from such a young age. And obviously the breast, the, the breastfeeding thing is a huge part of that. But after that, it's just part and parcel of, of, of our daily diet. There's a story about milk. Now. Milk is like not that great for us. It's just a drink. But then apparently there was like an excess of milk in America for some reason. Too many cows. I don't know. So then the way they dealt with it was to have like a massive marketing ad campaign. To yeah, exactly. Milk. You know, yeah, same. it's exactly what they did with cigarettes, you know. 
They're just turning into a commodity. No, sorry, it's exactly what they did. They did something similar to cigarettes, but not the same way. They did it with toothpaste. But right. no, one, no one used to have toothpaste. Toothpaste wasn't a thing. And then this company created toothpaste and they weren't selling any of it. They went to this renowned ad agency and they turned this whole branding thing on its on its head. And it's like, yeah, you need to brush your teeth every day. Otherwise, this will happen. So like giving, attaching negative connotations in order to sell the product. Wow. What did people use before toothpaste? They used, right, back in the day, they used to use these like crumbled stones and rocks, like <laughs> mixture. It's crazy. <laughs> used to put that together. Um and then, yeah, then, then they slowly incorporated different types of, and then they used soap at one point, different types of soap. And then eventually toothpaste became the norm, but it was all because of this advertising, genius advertising campaign. And wow. then off the back of that, that toothpaste brand just like, you know, just went mega. Well, like, well, I asked the question, what do people use? But I know, again, let's talk about Ghana again, but we have something called chew stick. It's a really, it comes from a, a very specific tree and it has a naturally occurring chemical and they, they create a stick from it and it's just like a little, it's like a thick lollipop stick. That's the only way I can describe okay. it. And you chew it and that's how you brush your teeth. And that's how my dad used to, I think he used to brush his teeth anyway, but he'd always have a chew stick and you, as you chew it, it frays. Um, and then as it frays, it cleans your teeth. But if you was to bite chew stick, it's so hard. It's like a table. It's like trying to bite a table. It's so oh. hard. So I can imagine a lifetime of using chew stick is going gonna, is gonna to create a very good set of gnashes. Um, yeah, for sure. So I imagine there was all kinds of things that we used all around the world as alternatives. alternatives to toothpaste. toothpaste doesn't work, ladies, by the way, because we have dentists who do very well out of life. Yeah, here. and and I don't know what it, it does here, but I'm sure fluoride isn't that great. I, yeah, because it's in the water, isn't it? Yeah. Do you drink yeah. tap water? I do, yeah. I mean, I've got, uh, you know, I did get a filter and I'm just looking at it now and just realizing I haven't used it since <laughs> I bought it. I think I used it for like a couple of days. Well, I had a filter years ago and buying filters turned out to be such a fucking drag. I was like, I'm just going to drink the Oh God. It's, and also I just thought about the waste associated with them, but I bought the filter because of the lime scale for, and it was just, and right, I just, yeah. I just, but it's, it's a lot of effort to use a water filter. I drink tap water. My partner doesn't, he won't touch it. He won't drink tap water anywhere. Um, so what do you use? Bottled? Bottled. Yeah. Which is very yeah, yeah. bad for the environment. Um, but I, yeah, I, and he thinks it's, uh, you know, he's appalled by the fact that I use tap water. <laughs> Um, but I think it's a again going back to what we were saying earlier. Like, if you really think about it, like it's it's a blessing that I've got taps in my house that I turn a knob on and water just comes out. Like, I Crazy, think I'm really yeah. lucky. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people don't have that. But no, like you think about well, you go abroad, etc., and the amount of countries that you can't drink the tap water from, and you know some don't even have obviously a lot don't even have hot water. So yeah, lucky for sure. It's, yeah, exactly. I feel like it's a privilege, but he would. He, but he stays with us everywhere. Oh, I'll tell you what I started drinking during lockdown. Posh cordial. What's that? Like you get cordial, which is like Ribena or like Juicy or Vimto, but this yeah. is it comes in glass bottles and it costs like three pounds. Right, Delicious. Okay. I yeah. highly recommend spending more money on your cordial. I tweeted about it when I when I realized it was a few months ago. It was because I was just like, this is revelationary because it just it's it's revelatory. It's amazing. Um, so posh cordials are like in the, you get them in the supermarket and they're just expensive cordials, but they taste delicious. They're like ginger and elderflower, and you get blackcurrant ones, and they're okay. really thick and syrupy, and they taste amazing with uh, with with water, obviously, because you've got their cordials. Um, so that's where capitalism got me. I was like, yeah, I need these in my life. Like I need these. They're delicious. There's another one, uh, rosemary, rosemary infused water. 
So some guy went to, he did his tour around these Italian villages and he'd see like all these you know, old Italian men and women in their 90s looking vibrant and he would quiz them, you know, what's your secret? And a load of them said rosemary. We put rosemary in everything. So he went back to the UK and he created this uh, rosemary number one water, <laughs> which now sells at something like five quid a pop or whatever. And uh, yeah, essentially water with rosemary infused in it. Rosemary's supposed to be quite good for you. It is, yeah. Would I think say, it's quite would, a smart thing. Would you thing say like? Do. Would you say? I mean, you sound like someone who, who, who looks after themselves. Do you drink almond milk? Are you, is that because you're a, ve- a vegetarian or vegan? I'm like a. I'm like a. Ninety mm, percent vegan at the moment. Oh, Cheegan. That's a name. That's what they call Chegan. you. Cheegans. Yeah. I've never heard of that one. Yeah, yeah. Cheating vegans. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't buy into the labels. I think it's like I don't think it's helpful. I think you know if you want to, you can minimize the amount of meat or whatever you're doing uh without needing to go like a hundred percent one way because you know you want to enjoy life to a certain degree like if you think about we're talking before about going traveling and i think as a vegan it becomes so much more challenging to enjoy the local cuisines if you're you know if your diet is quite restricted um so for me like i was di- i was i was full vegan for a while and my rule is at, ho- at home i i pretty much only cook vegan but you know if i travel etc I'll, I'll relax it a little bit like i'll have a bit of seafood i don't really eat meat at all but before i felt like i got into quite a black and white thinking about it it's like it's either this or either or but i think you can be a little bit fluid with it i i totally agree that it really becomes a, to, a question of motivation motivation yeah so for sure if you're like if you are against the idea of using animals for food then of course you kind of have to be vegan like but like, are you vegan? No, no I'm a pescatarian, you. but I, um, right. uh, so I eat fish, uh, in I vast think fish quantities. is healthy. I think it's super healthy. I, I just think fish is delicious. I'm sorry, fishies, but you are delicious. You taste really good. Um, and we know fish tastes good because you barely need to add any seasoning to fish and you can mm. a bit of lemon maybe. And you can, I mean, I still, I will still, jerk, I'll jerk a fish. I'm not, I'm not, I jerk everything, but like, I still love, um, I still love fish. Like you, we flavor things with fish because fish is so, is so delicious. So that's why I can't stop eating fish. Shrimp, I oh, give up shrimp. I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I, all know. that, all of it. They make what? the best crisps. They make the best crisps, guys. A bit of prawn cocktail. I don't know. Yeah, skips. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Melt the tongue. I can't. I can't give up skips. But no. go, yeah, go back to. So I'm pescatarian, but I love a bit like you actually. So I do like to make and enjoy making meat free and vegan meals i think it's really beneficial to not rely on animal products for meals but to see them as a treat so rather than i have to have meat and fish more like oh okay if i have this it's a privilege that i would i'm happy to enjoy the one thing i'd say is i've lost mad amount of muscle mass and that is not amazing because i did at one point i was doing the vegan thing whilst doing the intermittent fasting and i had friends just saying like bro you look gaunt (laughs) You know, it wasn't it wasn't a healthy looking skinny, you know. Yeah. Like, Are you okay type skinny? Well, do you work do you go to the gym a lot? Do you do a lot of exercise? Yeah, I do a lot of that sort of stuff. You know, I was going to the gym, I do tie boxing, all that kind of thing. So but I it but you do notice it. Like if you're there is definitely a difference between animal protein and fat and, and plant based. You know, yeah. there's something I don't know, there's like a, a tautness, there's a thoroughness that you get from that animal protein that makes a difference to the, your, 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 the body, you know, your shape uh, that you don't get in, in, in vegetables. And, and if you, that's why you see a lot of like vegan people and they're just super <laughs> slim. 
um why i understand it <laughs> my understanding is that so you get like you have like um plant-based proteins and, and obviously like animal-based proteins and the volume of plant-based protein you need to eat Eats so much exactly so a lot of it is more like yeah. quantity rather than quality so but then it's like who has the time exactly you know? it's so, like i try i've done it before you know when i was doing i used to like years ago i used to lift weights a lot etc and you do the six meals a day thing and i did that you know when i was at uni it's fine i was a student but now i don't have time to do that and also, I don't like. I don't think it's healthy to just like eat, you know, six meals a day. Some people say it's better to have smaller, you know, smaller meals, but more frequently. But I don't think it's good for your digestive system because then your body is working on digesting your food when it could be repairing blood cells. Oh, I hadn't thought about it like that. That sounds scientific. <laughs> yeah, I may have just made up. No, I think. <laughs> no, I think it is. I think there's something to be said for that. I think that's the whole thing about intermittent fasting as well, is that you're giving your body uh, a rest from digesting food so that it can repair, you know, blood cells, etc. Well, I am um, uh, not that I want to advocate weight loss or whatever, but I went on a kind of quote unquote diet after I had my second child because I went on yeah. the scales. I was like, rotted. Uh, that's way more than the first one. Um, yeah. And obviously it was, it was a lockdown pregnancy. As you can imagine, I was just sitting around all day, like jabbing a hut, just like shoving food into my god. I'm pregnant. <laughs> it's lockdown. Let's have yeah. a party in my mouth. Um, and it was I had a really lovely uh, summer and autumn and winter, just like uh, eating lots. But I did suddenly think to myself, but none of my clothes fit, which is obviously very common after you've had a baby. And I yeah. thought to myself, I don't really want to go out and buy new clothes. And on top of that, like, I just, I just wanted to go back to what I was before I had the baby. I just, it, I had this fixation in my head, like, I want to get back to the old me so I can yeah. mentally can say, right, I've recovered or whatever. So I did fasting. I would fast. Um, I didn't realize I was fasting. I was just, I just, just uh, it was just a diet, but I would fast. I'd wake up in the morning and like um, eat a little bit and then not eat again until the evening. Okay. And try and exercise during the day as well. So I'd be exercising in your stomach. And it actually worked. So it's like, I was like, oh, this is, this is working. So there must be something in fasting that is, is really beneficial. And I feel great. I didn't feel like this is a struggle. I have to do this to get into my genes. It wasn't like that at all. And it, I found it quite, um, I'm really glad that I, I made a, a point of doing it because the discipline was good for me. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's good. And it does actually, it does increase energy, you know, because again, because you're using up energy every time you're eating food. So, you know, it does, it, it can increase energy and, um, I don't know, it's just a fashionable thing to drop, you know, in, the, in a dinner party or something, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what are you up to? What are you doing? The oh, just intermittent fasting. Oh, really? Yeah. And then you can just throw some bollocks about what, how, how it's beneficial for you. Yeah. Anyway, actually, for for Lent, I've given up fried plantain. And normally, when people come to this podcast, they get like we just have like loads and loads of fried plantain. And I put coffee on them. We have a chat. So this would have been a horrible recording because I would not have been able to have my fried plantain. I've been watching yeah, you eat yeah. it. And if you were if you weren't fasting, and I, I love fried plantain, terrible. It's just amazing. What's the nutritional value of that is? It? Is it like is it carb? I'm assuming it's carb heavy with it's, like very little nutritional but okay Plantain yeah it's actually quite good for you i have i, I, you is know it? What? Okay. I i'm gonna look it up now i'm googling it right now because i always look it up and i always forget but it's a fruit so people because it, like it. it, oh, it's so savory people mm. think it's sort of starchy um and it does have a lot of starch but it has lots of like fruit so it has like lots of potassium for example because it's in the family of like uh bananas bananas yeah um, so, what spices do you cook with it well, I just kind of have it. plantain on its own. Like you don't need to spice you? it. Up. Well, there's there's something called um, there's something called kelly we have in Ghana where you you season it with ginger, 
garlic, maybe paprika and chili flakes. It has to be chili oh, flakes. Don't use fresh. Yeah. Don't use fresh chili. You'll just you just stink out your house. Um, yeah. And that's you know we'll, we'll have it with that. But generally speaking, I just add a bit of salt. Um, do you use turmeric in a lot of your stuff? I do. That's the Indian side of my cooking. Yeah. Because that's obviously that's supposed to be like everyone says it's like the you know the super spice in terms of being good for you and like good for your joints etc but the amount of cloves i've stained from using <laughs> turmeric yeah I've, you, it's dangerous it's, that stuff it's it's very it will it, it will dye everything it will make you look kill it very kill it it will make you look um jaundice. Make sure you've got jaundice yeah <laughs> <laughs> it will but i use, I use turmeric a lot. i make a lot of, if anyone who makes curries and if you listen to this and you're a curry maker you will know turmeric is like it makes curries um it's 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 if you if you make a curry or if you make curries and you don't have turmeric in your cupboard you don't make curries i said turmeric see i i think this is one of my flaws is that i mispronounce words i don't know but i might be mispronouncing it i don't know how to no say i think it. yours sounds like a sensible pronunciation like i've got this weird block in my head <laughs> i can't pronounce certain words and my, my like my dad rips it <laughs> um, out of me uh, okay well well, you don't. Uh, we, we will never know how to pronounce it. Or we can, you can Google pronunciations now, but let's just assume yeah, we're both right. It's one of those okay, tomato, yeah, tomato things. Uh, whilst, sure. we're on, whilst we're on spices, fenugreek. Do you, do you cook with fenugreek? No. no. Right. If you're making any kind of, not any kind of curry, but if you, you're not a curry person if you're not using fenugreek. That's what I'm going to say. Oh, really? And okay. you can get fenugreek okay. seeds and dried fenugreek leaves. And the, again, this would be the Indian side, but it's, the, um, it's, it's an essential ingredient. And I don't know why I'm saying this, but it, I, I feel at this moment in time, I've not actually spoken about how good fenugreek is when in curries enough. Um, is it like an aniseed type vibe? It's quite ar- aromatic. It has a very okay. slight aromatic kind of... Um, uh, I'll tell you what, when you start using it, you will taste something, right? And it, you know when you go out and you eat a curry? Yeah. What I think you will find is, oh, that's what that taste is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, okay, the minute you okay. taste it, yeah. you'll realize it's like it's familiar to you. Right. Um, uh, and it, but it, yeah, it's spicy. It's spicy. It's aromatic. It it has it just has a nice taste. And if I don't use it, I'll eat my curry. I'll be like, "There's no fenugreek in this." Like it just it's just um uh yeah. Anyway, I don't, why do you have is this, is this podcast sponsored by fenugreek? It should be. Uh, if, if, if there's like an organization just for that particular yeah. spice or herb um, <laughs> so that, niche yeah it, it is niche um but um and i don't imagine they pay very well to be no they can be in a, some bizarre conglomerate fenugreek conglomerate it- do you find it off-putting like if you see um like a man pissing and on, on like a you know, an alley or like the side of a street. Do you yes, think it's awful? You, you, yeah, right. It's the worst. Does it feel thing. like vandalism in a way? I, I can't imagine. I mean, I've obviously done it because sometimes need needs must. But you know, the idea of being able to pull your pants down and take a piss in public—that's yeah. such a privilege that men have. If women did that, and we do, and when we do do it, we're like shamed for it. It's like considered an absolutely shameful act of. It's, it's an act of of of, of ladies of ladies of the night and and sinners and and things like that. Whereas guys, like I'll be walking down the street with a guy. It's happened, and he'll just suddenly disappear. I'll be like, "Where's where's Steve gone?" And Steve, well, not you, Steve. I happen to know someone called Steve who did that bizarrely enough. But anyway, Is so what's Steve? Yeah, I, could you imagine? Yeah. What? what a coincidence uh, it's, it's, i just collect steves uh, and yeah and they'll just kind of like 
go off to have a wee and come back like it's nothing. Nothing. Like yeah. it's nothing. It's disgusting. Mm. Yeah. It's vagrancy. They were well, now well, now, but pre-pandemic, they started. This is a while ago, actually. They they started to put public urinals in the streets. So I you saw could this. Just, just like groups of men, just like pissing. Well, in, in your, you know, this like urinal thing, which I guess is good in one respect because you know you're at least not doing the street, but. And there's something about it that feels like quite um intrusive i just sort of think go before you go guys wherever you're at whatever you're doing wherever you're having your drink go before you go that's what mm. i told my kids you and know, i'm saying like- this tonight i've done this you know what i mean obviously I'd like, <laughs> i've done this before it's not like i've never not pissed in the street but you know I, I, if i've if i've noticed it especially if it's more in the immediate surroundings i'm just like oh bruv come on you could have you could control that I think so. I think it's become normalised. And it doesn't, like, I, I'm i just wondering if I've seen it in, like, other countries. And I have, actually. I wonder if it's, I wonder if there are, like, tribes in the rainforest just pissing up, with guys pissing up trees and women going, yeah. oh, for fuck's sake, Carlos. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Go before you go, man. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, Steve, on that note, I'm going to have to say to you that we have to we have to draw this to a close at some point. We can't take okay. forever. No, we have very but... short attention spans because of the iPad situation. This um, is true that they brought up on um and i'm just sorry that we couldn't do this um, at a table in my house surrounded by food we're not allowed to eat because i'm gonna diet and you fast next ha- time however well there will, hopefully there will be a next time Ooh, mm. let me say that again hopefully there will be a next time um and everybody who i'm doing this online version of the podcast with gets a plantain voucher so oh, um, win. yeah so you can claim that voucher anytime it's a voucher you just come around um and um knock on the door because that's how it works you know, in terms of coming to people's houses and stuff. And I'll open the door if I'm home and you can come in and press some plantain. And Great. That's what and the voucher does. I will um, bring a bottle of Evian's fine. <laughs> yeah, do, 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 please do. Um, um, I won't be drinking it though, because I, like I said. Tap it all the way, yeah. So yeah, tap it all the way. But Steve, it's been a pleasure. I'm sorry my, I'm sorry the baby was slept through this whole thing, so you don't get to don't get to meet him. Um, but um, uh, next time when you come around, you will. Yeah, I feel like we met briefly. The past when he was hanging off of me yeah um, yeah yeah made, yeah made a, a brief appearance <laughs> you make so send, we'll, send, yeah send in my love we'll make yeah, a point we'll make a point of introducing you steve thank you for coming to keep my company thank you so much for having me cool no worries so that was steve whiteley steve thank you so much for coming on to my podcast i knew we'd have a great chat that covered pretty much everything uh, we went everywhere with that um but uh, of course we would steve's brilliant he's a writer director producer he's a performer um you can find him online just check out www.offkeyworld.com that's www.offkeyworld.com or find him on his socials i'll put all the links uh you can use to stalk him in the description of this podcast because he's fantastic he's working on some brilliant projects that i've personally seen myself and they are very exciting so good luck to him for the future this has been keeping athena company i have been athena Cabenu. um i'm a stand-up and a writer and you can follow me on, on my social media platforms too i'm on instagram twitter facebook i don't really use facebook find me on twitter i'm more likely to respond to you if you get at me on twitter okay but it'd be a pleasure uh, to hear from you if you want to come and say Hello, thank you for listening to this and getting this far. Uh, This was a longer uh, episode, so thank you for getting to the 55th minute. That means you have a better attention span than me. It's appreciated. Thank you so much and we'll catch up next time.